Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 157. Hey, my riches, what days? The spring here around us, knocking on the doors, while we are all locked down behind them, trying to get to the other side of this coronavirus crisis. I'm thinking of you, my listeners, and I hope you and your beloved ones are taking good care of yourselves to stay safe and healthy. My guest today is an entrepreneur, but more than that, he is a very successful business person. And the combination of these two is what any one of us entrepreneurs should look for. I encourage you to go to the reachomis.com website. You'll find there a lot of content about how to combine these two, being an entrepreneur and a very successful business person. And go to the show notes of this interview through the links Bill shared with you. I look forward to hearing your comments. Bill Cates is an internationally recognized client acquisition expert, author, and speaker who motivates others to take action with proven strategies. A successful entrepreneur, Bill started and sold two book publishing companies, turning his attention to help other businesses grow. Bill has written four best-selling books, Get More Referrals Now, Don't Keep Me a Secret, Beyond Referrals, and Radical Relevance. Bill is also somewhat of an adventurer. He has trekked through the Himalayas of Nepal and the Andes of Peru. He has lived on a houseboat in Kashmir, India, climbed Machu Picchu, reached the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, camped in Arctic Circle, and toured the country as drummer in a rock and roll band. Bill Cates, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm so happy you are here. And there are so many things I want to ask you. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Okay. Well, uh, I, I've been in business for a long time. I've been in business for uh, 40 years. Wow. Always involved with marketing and, and growing a business. I built two uh, book publishing companies, and I sold those companies in 1989 and then got into this business of, of writing and speaking and coaching and helping other entrepreneurs, business owners build their business. So that's what I've been doing for about 25 years, and I love writing. 
Mm. I'm, I'm trying to write a book every year now. Wow. For the next five years, one of my goals. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, uh, and I'm also enjoy doing a lot of videos. So we're, we're doing a lot of video courses, and I, I just enjoy making videos. You know, when I when I publish books, I loved the, uh, the you know, taking an idea and bringing it to life and have the graphic art come to life. And, and then there's this product that we can put in a box and ship to people. I just found that very gratifying. Yeah, I love that Now, too. of course, almost a lot of products are digital. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, sure. It's not the same, but uh, I enjoy creating products that uh, are of service to people. That's fantastic. And... Um... When you're talking about these two books publishing companies, how did you come from this to mm-hmm. business? Or was it a business book publishing company? No, actually, I, actually I published cookbooks. Oh! Yeah, for nine years. And uh, what happened is I wrote my own book, not a cookbook. I worked for an airline. I worked for American Airlines. And so oh. I wrote a book on airline careers. And I started to sell the book a little bit. I was using uh, direct mail, mail order. This is long before there was an internet. Hmm. From that, uh, I had a woman ask me if I could help her self-publish a cookbook. So I did that. And I saw how people, mostly women, but not just women, men too, read cookbooks. And just by reading the recipes, they would you know, get some pleasure just from figuring out the recipe and imagining That's how right. it would go together and what it would taste like. Taste like. And and then people collected cookbooks and said, oh, this, is, this is a good business. So I borrowed $40,000 from my father, which was a, a huge amount of money for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And at, the mo- at that time in my life, at least. And um, so I came out with several cookbooks and we sold them in uh, cooking stores and um, kitchen stores and uh, gourmet product stores. And uh, I published about 45 cookbooks in, in the time that I had my business. Wow. Did you love it? I did like it. As I mentioned, that what I liked the most was the, this creating of products, you know, and having a concept come to life yeah. and shipping it. And, and it was funny because my father was retired, but he helped me a little bit. And he just loved every day he would do a tally of how many books we sold that day. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, very tangible uh, measure of what we were doing. And uh, I did. But um, I, I guess what happened after about eight or nine years, I discovered... Um, that I didn't really have a passion for what I was doing in terms of the subject matter, in terms of cooking. I mean, I like to eat. Sure. Uh, but, <laughs> but I don't need to read everything uh, that I'm eating, yeah. Yeah, and I was, I, I was, yeah, I was ready for something different, and, and I didn't know whether my business was saleable or not. I actually had two publishing companies. One was by myself, and then one was business partner. So the first company I sold, American Cooking Guild, I made some some pretty good money on that and allowed me to try some other things. And then the other business I had with my partner, I essentially just sold it to him, back to him to cover the debt because we had some debt and I wanted to get out from the debt. And so he assumed the debt and I didn't have to, you know, so that was that was my profit on that business, just getting out of the debt. So one was a very successful sale and the other was an important sale. It's <laughs> fair enough. If- mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It's another way to do that. So how did you become a business coach? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was looking for the next thing to do, and, and a friend of mine said, you know, you've, you've built up a lot of knowledge. You've got a lot of experience, and, and you could help other business owners, and you could write, and you could speak, and you could coach and consult. And I had never really thought about that much. So, um, I you know, I slowly got into that. I slowly started helping some clients, and uh, I ended up in 1995, I started writing a book, my, my first 
a real business book. Uh, at the time, it was called Unlimited Referrals. It's not available anymore, but it was all about how businesses can create more word of mouth, more referrals, more introductions their business since very modern today isn't it <laughs> well it's it's been around forever i mean if you think about it ever forever right, you know i mean before there was uh the internet before there was telephone before there was telegraph um if people were going to try to do business in another town they would bring with them a letter of introduction mm -hmm. right uh from someone you know well known in the other town and, and it was that borrowed trust by having that letter of introduction people would open the doors to the, you know, to the person. So uh, this idea of referrals and introductions has really been around forever. And in, and in this sea of, of noise with all the marketing, you know, message overload uh, that the internet has caused, uh, and that's why I wrote my most recent book, Radical Relevance, is uh, the, the referral, the introduction actually is more important now, now than ever before because it's how we cut through all that noise. That's correct. That's correct. Mm -hmm. So all you're focusing today is mainly marketing and business, and I saw that you are up to sales as well. Yeah, I mean, it's all obviously interrelated, sales and marketing. There is a difference between sales and marketing, but they obviously... Sure, there is. <laughs> they talk to each other, and they should talk to each other. Sure. You know, I once had it described as all selling with no marketing will lead to burn burnout, and all marketing... Mm -hmm. But no selling will lead to, you know, lack of success. So you yes. have to have a good mix of both. The marketing, you know, draws people to you. And then the selling is what, you know, gets them to go the full distance to doing business with you. So they're both very important. Sure. There, I always say that marketing is actually about looking at things from the point of view of your customer. Once uh, that was brought into the game, things have changed. And sales? Sales has always been there for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I'm I don't consider consider myself a great salesperson. I'm a pretty good marketer, and I can bring people into my world. And and you know, like you, you said, marketing is all about you know getting to know your customers or potential customers. I think selling is all about that too. Most people have mm -hmm. realized the importance of empathy that we need to have a sense of. We need to have a knowingness of our market, of our of the people. We have, you know, it, it's so easy to learn about other people and their business and their challenges. And today it's much easier than ever. Yes, we need to do that. And and people expect us to know something about them before we re reach out to them. But a lot of businesses, marketers, salespeople, I think they're still a little bit, little bit lazy. They're, they're not taking the time to gather the information and to focus their message so that uh, it displays empathy, that some knowingness of that person, so they'll respond to it. Otherwise, the brain will just ignore it. Hmm. You have been an entrepreneur almost all your life. You talked a bit about the airline company, but you were an entrepreneur for many, many years. That's true. And I want to ask you, what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that listens to us all regarding their customer approach or customer focus, marketing or sales? Yes. So, um, you know, in my book, Radical Relevance, I have uh, the second rule of radical relevance is to give your customers or clients a seat at the table. And so what I mean by that is mm. to not ever develop a product or service or to not develop any marketing message or sales message without first talking to your customers or clients. Um, <laughs> we, we think we have empathy for their situation. We, we think we know what's in their heads and hearts. And to some degree, we do uh, if we've gotten to know some of our customers and clients. But 
there's just nothing like talking to them. And what happens is we start to learn things and, and, and actually get phrases, words and phrases and expressions <laughs> that we can use that we wouldn't think sure. of. So, for example, I was doing this with one of my clients, Michael Schmitz, and, and he's in California. And, and so I said to Michael, tell me what you know you value around the work I do and how do you describe what I do to other people? Um, this is a great question, by the way, is to just ask your customers, clients, you know, if and when you describe us to other people, what do you say? Um, <laughs> and you learn a lot from that. He said, well, Bill, you know, you, you make asking for referrals as natural as breathing. And they go, oh, wow, that, hmm. that was, that's really good. I, I never would have thought of saying Yeah, it's beautiful. Right? <laughs> and so we learn these things from our clients, and we want to make sure our messaging, our marketing message, our sales message, are, are, are using the words that our clients are using, you know, that, that are already in their head so that it will resonate with them right away. Uh, and that makes our message as clear as possible. And sometimes we get caught in using our own industry talk, our industry jargon. Sometimes I call it marketing speak. You know, just the ways of describing our product or service that really isn't exactly how our prospects or customers think about what we do. Right. Right. And I love you saying that because it's the first time that somebody talked about what I call product or service definition, mm. the, using the words of the customer. And I love it so much that you say that and the way you say that and the example you brought. You have got very meaningful successes, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But I would like you first to share with us your biggest, most critical failure with customers, mm. the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. I'll give you two real quick. Oh, that's good. Well, <laughs> they're quick. The first one was uh, that I can think of really was um, my partnership, the business publishing company that I shared with another gentleman. You know, here's what I learned about partnerships is that, and it wasn't a huge failure, but I learned a lot from it. And I, luckily, I got out of my debt. But, you know, when, when, when you're getting married, let's say, you know, you're, you're courting uh, you know, your partner and most people, you know, they date for maybe six months, a year, sometimes multiple years, right? Sometimes they live together first. There's this, this long courtship of getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. But a lot of businesses get started, you know, you have a lunch, you have a dinner, you draw up a plan on a napkin, you, you know, have a couple more conversations. And the next thing you know, you have a business partner. <laughs> and you know, you haven't really truly gotten to know that person. You don't see how they handle success. You don't see how they handle, you know, uh, challenges. Um, and and that's what happened with this partnership is that, you know, we just, we really viewed life and business and success and challenges differently than each other. Hmm. And so it be became harder and harder for us to communicate and get things accomplished. So it became, uh, Apparent now, you know, had we got to know each other longer, maybe that would have shown through, and we wouldn't have made that mistake. I don't know. I mean, I still learned a lot uh, from the situation. So that was one. The other is um, I didn't follow my own advice. You know, <laughs> we we never always follow our own never advice, do we? And <laughs> and I developed a product for the banking industry that I I just did not research well enough, and I didn't mm. talk to the banks well enough. I had done a little bit of work with banks, so I figured I knew what they needed, and uh, it just didn't go anywhere. And so, uh, it, and this was a product that was all based on CDs and DVDs. Mm -hmm. So um, 
probably two summers ago, I threw out about 60,000 CDs and wow. DVDs of this product that I just knew would never, mm-hmm. uh, never make it in the marketplace. Um, and figure at that time, each CD and DVD probably, and plus the packaging cost me at least a dollar a piece. So it was, wow. a, it was a bit of a, 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 you know, a mistake. And that was because I just did give my customers, my clients, a seat at the table to to talk through this well enough. Hmm. I love that example. And now I would like you to tell us about uh, the story of your greatest, <laughs> most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about your customers or marketing or sales, but this is all your life. So... Mm. anything any success is great to hear. yeah yeah the first one that comes to mind and two would be good as well, <laughs> well if you, you want to thank you um yeah okay i'll give you two uh, both involving books the the first one was um when i was when i had my book publishing business boy i did not consider myself a salesperson i didn't like the sell uh i found myself going up to stores making cold calls in person trying to get managers, owners to look at the books and buy the books. And boy, that was a very fearful experience for me. Um, mm. But I pushed myself through. I had to. I mean, I, it was either that or fail at the business. And uh, I did sell one of my books, a book called Hooked on Seafood, uh, to a store, uh, overcame my courage, got into the store. I'm making this the short version of the story. And uh, actually, several months later, someone had gone into the store And he was a president of, of the world's largest uh, tuna manufacturing company. And uh, yeah. to make the long story short, Bumblebee Tuna ordered 400,000 copies of that book. <gasps> wow. Yeah, so that, wow. The, the joke I make is that, you know, I was a sales rep and, and I made a big commission and I was the company owner and I got all the rest, too. So. <laughs> um, you know, that was, that was a big success. And, and, and I think one reason it was a success because I knew I, I, I moved through a lot of fear to get to that point. And, uh, obviously that makes the success sweeter. Um, and then the other really was, is just this business I'm in now of, uh, you know, I, I remember, and it was based in fear. Uh, you know, a friend of mine said, you could do this. You know, I said, I don't know. And I was talking to another friend and He said, Bill, you would be very good at this. You will be great at this. I, I can just tell that this will be a great business for you. And so, you know, that, that other person's faith in me, I just, I just adopted his faith in me. I'm, I wasn't so sure. I wasn't super confident when I got, into, I got into this business. I didn't know if I had the wisdom, the knowledge, the, you know, the ideas to share with other people to help them. But someone mm-hmm. else saw that in me. In fact, two people did. And so I allowed them, I allowed their estimation of, of my ability to, to run me for a little while. You know, sometimes we don't want to listen to other people because sometimes, uh, you know, they will, they will step on our dreams. They will, uh, you know, underestimate our capabilities. Um, but in this case, I listened to two people that really uh, had a lot of faith in my ability to do this. And to me, that, that was a big success, too, you know, facing the fear. And then starting a company, a company that I have now that's done extremely well over the last 25 years. Wow. <laughs> it's a great story. It's great two stories and they're different. So it's so great. Mm. I love it. Can you recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus marketing or sales? However, mm. I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. 
i'm looking for something that really works for you and help you to succeed and might help other entrepreneurs to succeed as well mm, that's a good question well you know this isn't going to sound like a, a very technological answer here but um you know what comes to mind is you know using using my calendar i use outlook I have people use different calendars <laughs> i'm so happy you said that because i use outlook and i feel so so old when <laughs> everyone is with google doc so yeah thank you so much now i feel much better well, <laughs> and, and the reason I bring it up is because this is what allows me to stay organized every day. And um, I do plan my day day ahead. Now, certainly some things come that disrupt the day and I can't always follow the plan. But um, I just use I use it to make sure I don't forget anything. I use it for reminders. I, I just know that and very seldom do I forget about anything important. Very seldom do I forget about reaching out to a prospect or a customer or or anything just because just by using it just being super organized um, you know some people use their CRM for the that uh, I just happen to, to like the way I use Outlook and some people look at mine and they think they wonder how I could do business this way but it works for me just mm -hmm. doing that planning and so you actually just recommended on Outlook for entrepreneurs I really <laughs> love that I really well, some love people get that. laughing at me uh, but that's fine it, whatever works right yeah, whatever works and I have a lot that talked about emails uh, but I love as I told you I love you're talking about Outlook and I think it's an excellent tool I found it an excellent tool as well you know there are many things that affect one's success however I really believe that for each of us there is one main thing that really helps mm. us succeed really mm. makes it for us and I want to ask you what is your one key success factor? I think I'm just driven to be successful, uh, and I love what I'm doing. I think that's pretty important, and I know that maybe that sounds a little trite, you know, to do what you love to do, but and to try to spend most of my time, you know, look, when you own a business, you're not going to love everything, and certainly you want to find other people to help you, and so what I try to do is spend mm -hmm. the, and the most amount of my time I, I can on my strengths, what I do the best, which for me is writing and just working with my customers to help them solve their problems. That's, that's what I do the best is, mm -hmm. is learning mm -hmm. things and sharing those things with other people. So I have some employees that do things that, that I'm not so good at. Um, and I'm always looking to figure out what I, you know, what do I do the best? I learned a long time ago, you know, a lot of times people say, well, what are your weaknesses? Make your weaknesses stronger. And my attitude is a little bit different. Mine is I'm going to make my strengths stronger mm -hmm. and I'll find other people to do the, the weaknesses. So be one of a kind with what you're really good at. Yeah. Yes. You know, one of my mentors, Dan Sullivan calls it, you know, unique ability mm -hmm. and it may not be totally unique to you, but it's, it's something that you do better than anything else that you do. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, you're going to love that, right? Usually we, we are really good at things we love and we love things that we're really good at. Right. Not always, but most of the time. And so that's what I try to focus on. You started and you said, I'm driven to be successful. Mm -hmm. And now you talked about focusing on your uh, better abilities and capabilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did you mean by driven to be successful? Aren't all entrepreneurs driven to be successful? Well, yes, I, I, I suppose so. I, I think some people are afraid of success. Okay. Uh, that would probably be a whole other show with a psychologist involved. Mm -hmm. But um, 
So we do have limiting beliefs and, and limiting assumptions that keep us from being successful. I think some people really do fear being successful. So, I, you know, not all entrepreneurs are driven to be successful, but most are. But, you know, the meaning of success is different for everybody. Right. Some people, some entrepreneurs are, are, are driven to make a lot of money because mm. uh, they just and then, then and then to prove themselves to others. I have a friend of mine who had a very troubled childhood and no question in my mind. He's he's trying to be successful and buy his big house and drive his fancy mm. car just to prove to the world that he could do it. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to judge him if that's what what he needs to do, then then he needs to do it. And, you know, f for most entrepreneurs, I think most people own their own business and sometimes mistakenly mm. because they want a certain sense of freedom. They they want to be able to have control and freedom they, to them making a lot of money is usually that that freedom to be able to do what we want to do when we want to do it. Um, and of course, the challenge is sometimes our businesses seem to own us mm -hmm. rather than us owning the businesses. And so we're not always able to, to, to live that dream. But having that, that control and over our schedule and over our lives, I think, is what drives a lot of entrepreneurs. For me, success is really abundance in different areas of my life, right? I want to have abundance in my relationships. I want to have abundance of money. I want to have abundance of of uh, of love, I want to have want to have a, you know an abundance in my spiritual life. It's just to me that's what success is. It's kind of that balance, and mm -hmm. we may never, may never find the perfect balance, but if we strive to get a balance in all those areas, to me that's that's success. Um, and I don't you know and and money's okay. Money's a tool. There's nothing wrong with wanting to sure. make a lot of money, right? As long as it it doesn't own you. Mm -hmm. As long as you own it. I love that. I love that, and I agree with you. And uh, it's a beautiful answer. Mm. My last question, before I'll ask you what is the best way to connect with you, my last question is my okay. mountain question. Mm -hmm. And as my listeners already know, I always imagine this journey of building um, a brand and marketing in the mind of our customers as climbing a mountain, step after step mm. after step. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? <laughs> <laughs> well, the shorter answer is yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> so I, I've been to Everest Base Camp, um, Mount Everest Base Camp, which is oh. about 17,500, I think, uh, feet. And, um, but the, the toughest mountain for me was Mount Kilimanjaro in, in Africa. So uh, did you climb the Kilimanjaro as well? Yes, I climbed Kilimanjaro. It's wow. uh, 19,300 feet or 5,800, 5,900 meters. And, you know, it's not technical climbing. It's, it's really just a really, really hard walk. <laughs> uh, six and a half days <laughs> to get to the top and one and a half days to get down. Um, but it was, it was a great experience. Wow. It was a very tough experience, but I loved it. And I, and I would do it again. Uh, I've told my nephew, if he ever wants to go, I will climb with him. I, I may end up the oldest man to ever reach the <laughs> summit, but I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about that? Why did you start with that? Well, I, I, <laughs> I'll tell you the reason I went to Kilimanjaro was a friend challenged me. He, he, we, we were the group of friends <laughs> and we were trying to plan our next vacation as a group. 
And he wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and somebody else wanted to go sailing and somebody else wanted to do this and that. And uh, one of the guys in our group uh, had just come down with Parkinson's disease. So the idea of climbing a mountain mm. probably wasn't appealing to him. And so we decided to do something else. But then my friend Jay jumped up into the, in front of the group and says, all right, I'm climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Who's with me? And I said, mm. well, I'll do it. Now, I had no idea how tall it was, <laughs> what I was into. I had been to a pretty tall mountain, so I figured I could probably handle it. Um, I didn't realize it was the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. <laughs> it is. It is. But, uh, it's my mountain, but it's only, I'm not going probably to climb oh, it, but well, I wish to. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary experience. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's why I did it. Uh, why did I love it? Well, the camaraderie of, of the people I was, well, I was climbing with, there was just five of us and plus a lot of guides and porters and we got to know the local people and and we had a lot of fun and every time we get to a camp our base camp they would you know the guides and the porters were there ahead of us and they would be singing and dancing for to greet us you know I was getting to know everybody it was just and and obviously accomplishing a goal and getting to the top um mm. it's you like know. the cell isn't it <laughs> yeah it is now now most of the time when you see photographs of people at the top of kilimanjaro it's usually sunny because they're above the clouds And yeah. uh, so it looks kind of nice. We got there. It was a blizzard on top of the mountain and our eyebrows were frozen. Our eyelashes were frozen. Um, we almost couldn't get out of there fast enough. Here we were at the top of this mountain, yeah. wanted to be able to enjoy it. But it was so cold and windy and icy that we had to leave pretty quickly. That, hmm. that part I missed. I wish we could have enjoyed that a little bit more, but uh, it's still worth the experience. Hmm. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And... Now, Bill, I would like to ask you, what is the best way to be in touch with you, to connect with you for any of our listeners that want to be in touch? Sure. I actually have three links, if you don't mind, I'll provide quickly. Sure. Um, And we'll also have them in the show notes of this interview. Yes. So my, my newest book, Radical Relevance, uh, we have a website that describes the book. If you want to learn more, it's radicalrelevancebook.com. Great. And then... I have a guide to exponential growth that anybody uh, listening can get for free. And you just go to exponentialgrowthguide.com, exponentialgrowthguide.com. And then my business main website is referralcoach.com, referralcoach.com. So those different ways. Yep. Referralcoach.com. And we will have all these links. Bill, I want to thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. You are a marketeer and sales person, but something was very, very special about this conversation and the way you are easygoing with businesses and with marketing and sales. So thank you so much for coming. Well, you bet. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's been my honor. It has been an honor. And take care. We should all take good care at this time, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. It's a challenging time, but we will all make it. We will. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.